and, and Wally, what I found is a lot of people think, yeah, if I just made more money, I'd have a better lifestyle or I'd, I'd be in a better position. The reality of, of making money is not building wealth. There's, there's a process, there's multiple facets. Like in order to build wealth, you need to one, make money. Making money is not the hard part. Number two is keeping the money, meaning living below your lifestyle, not spending every single dollar that comes in, saving that money. And number three is then getting that money to work for you. Now you can make money even when you're sleeping. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Walter Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance today on your way to having more. You can and should have, have more and better quality relationships, connections, fulfillment, and yes, even more resources and money in your life. Living a life of abundance starts with getting out of the scarcity mindset and into a mindset and realizing that there is more than enough in the world to go around. And by you acquiring more and earning more doesn't mean you're taking away from others. In fact, by earning more and having more resources, you are able to give more of yourself and give more of your time and share more of your resources so others can live a life of abundance. And listen guys, I greatly appreciate you being here and I commend you for being here because as I study and analyze the differences between those men who are really fulfilled in their life and seeing success at almost every corner and those who are not, a few distinct patterns stand out. And one of those patterns is that those who are not fulfilled in life and those who are not seeing success, and success does not equal fulfillment. We can talk about that at another time. But the bottom line is this is the difference between the two groups of those who are fulfilled and successful and those who are not, is that those who are truly not only successful but also fulfilled and living their best life of abundance they get around people who are where they want to be or on their way to where they want to be. They are willing to learn new skills, new mindsets, new ideas from other people, and they are willing to share that information with other people. So I'm asking you to be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with. It will only make you better. Being grateful for everyone and everything you have in your life is an amazing start to living a life of abundance, but you also have to pay it forward and give to others. So hit that share button on your podcast player or copy the link and share Men of Abundance in a text message, on Twitter, in an email, or even put it out on Facebook. That simple action is going to make you feel amazing right away. And those who find it are going to come back and thank you, which again is going to just put you on top of the world. Now today our conversation is with Tim Bratz. Tomorrow I'm going to introduce you to Rock Thomas, if you don't know who that is already. And then on Friday, don't forget, it is Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. And the topic this week is going to be based around the internal reality of your business and the external perception. 
This is a very deep and practical conversation that leads to strategies that will take your business to the next level and beyond. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get notified when each individual episode is posted. So today our featured guest today is the CEO and founder of CLE Turnkey Real Estate, a real estate investment company that acquires and transforms distressed commercial and apartment buildings into high performance investment assets for their own portfolio. Working in real estate, Tim has learned how to build a passive business and create a residual income that allows him to live the lifestyle of his choice. He's here to educate and empower others to become financially free through commercial real estate. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Tim Bratz. Tim, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Wally, appreciate you having me here, man. Really appreciate all the value you bring, and I'm excited to be here. Hey, man, I appreciate that, man. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. It's actually decently warm here today. <laughs> Is it? I have not been around those parts at all yet. Uh, and I emphasize yet because I plan on uh, here in the next year, my wife and I are actually in a position now, but we're just taking our time to get our uh, RV lifestyle going. So we're going to get around the U.S., man. Good for you. That's yeah, that's exciting stuff. Oh, it is. It's super exciting. It's so fun just looking at all those things, man. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. The the all the stuff that they can put inside those those RVs. Yeah, it's on it's on the bucket list to take uh, take a few months and just go around with the kids and visit all the national parks and uh, I, man, I think I think there's it's what life's about, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just the whole experience. So speaking of experience, man, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? Oh man. You know, I, I think about that a lot of times. I, I was on the phone, you know, working on raising like $3.5 million for a deal that I have closing next week. And uh, most of the money's raised. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm, and, and, you know, you, you go through these, these things where uh, you face these struggles. And, and then you realize, like, what we struggle with really isn't a struggle. You know, if I have to go raise a few million dollars in order to make millions of dollars on a, on a real estate deal um, – like, I don't even know what problems are. You know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's kids who, uh, need to walk two miles each way just to get some fresh water. They're eating mud pies in Africa. You know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to be grateful for. And I, I wake up every morning, kiss my kids. I ask my kids every night before they go to bed, Hey, what's your favorite part of today? What are you thankful for? You know, and it's, uh, it's powerful stuff. Now we, uh, I'm a big believer in the attitude of gratitude. Yeah, that's really neat that you said it like that, because one of the things that I find that many men, I don't know that many men struggle with, but those of us who think about it, because unless my kids actually put themselves in the position, they will never live the lifestyle that I lived growing up because I lived a pretty rough lifestyle growing up. And they will never live the lifestyle of some of the kids that you just spoke of around the world and even within the United States. Um because we want the best for our kids, but mm-hmm. there's that balance that I want my kids to 100% fully appreciate what they have. So yep. I, I find myself, that's one of the reasons why I want to do the whole you know RV thing around the United States and stuff is show them how other people live good and bad, mm-hmm. you know, on, on both ends of the spectrum and let them make a decision <laughs> on what they want to do with their lives, but be grateful for what they have, regardless of where they're at. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just super important to me because I can't stand an ungrateful person because that was me. I was ungratefully, you know, chasing a six and seven figure income for many years before I got on this abundance journey of mine. I love it. I love no, it's, it's, it's super powerful. And, um, 
it's it's one of those things that I always you know, I hold some masterminds and and get groups of entrepreneurs and stuff together a lot and um, it's one of those top two or three things that I make sure that everybody understands how important that stuff is and doesn't cost you anything to have gratitude you know towards what you have in life and and realizing that your circumstances um, there's somebody always going through something tougher something more difficult facing larger adversities and uh, you never know what that situation is. So got to be grateful for what we got. Yeah, very true. And one thing I would, you know, just kind of comment on is, you know, you said it doesn't cost you anything to, to be grateful, but in my mind, I found out that it was costing me quite a bit because to not be grateful, to not be grateful. Absolutely. Right. It'll cost yeah. you something to not be grateful. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It definitely, it definitely did. Um, and I realized it almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it was just crazy the way that works, but one yeah. of those things you just can't explain. Tim, how would you describe yourself? Um, I'd say I'm pretty, I, I'm very entrepreneurial, I'm very resourceful. Um, people throw problems at me. I think I've, I've had a lot of success in business and industry because um, I don't get derailed. I'm, I'm pretty level-headed. Uh, I definitely have a temper once in a while, but I always have a long-term vision at the same time. And so when, when an issue comes, I don't get too high. I don't get too low. I get very, I guess, I guess thoughtful on what are the best ways to solve this problem, how to move forward with it. And so if I, I think if there was one word that described me, it would be resourceful. Oh, that's for sure. After reading through your bio and finding out more about you, the one word that came up more than anything was resourceful. For sure. I totally get that. And one of the things that you said, you know, you was talking about how, you know, your emotions, you get, you do get frustrated and you get upset once in a while, get, you know, get a little heated and guys, listen, man, we all get heated, but the sign of a, the true sign of an abundant leader is one who can control his or her emotions. Right. Uh, we all get that way, but if you lose control of your emotions, I have no respect for you. I'm not going to listen to you. Like I was in the 82nd Airborne Division, and there's a bunch of guys who just yell and scream. And I've figured out that the guys that yell and scream and lose their temper all the time, they don't know what the hell they're doing, quite frankly. And those that do, they can stay calm, collected, and work through the process. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think that's something that comes with um, with time and wisdom mm -hmm. and as you, you – experience more and more things you realize it's not worth getting all worked up about some stuff and um uh, I, I think it, i think it always paints a bad picture if you get too emotional in any certain circumstance um in in in, in the bad way like if you get if you get upset about something and you you break real quick with your team i mean that, mm -hmm. that can really um mess up the water muddy up the water in your organization with your team with your um operation and uh, or people that you do business with, you know, I mean, there's, there's people who just, they go off the deep end and, um, you don't want to do business with them any longer. And, and it really shows a lot of emotional intelligence. If you can stay calm and collected and reasonable in all of your dealings with, with other entrepreneurs, with family. And, um, I think you're, you're seen as a more credible, wiser person. If you can look at things objectively all the time and, uh, and not get emotional about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Very well said. Very well said. We're going to get into, you know, what you're doing with CLE Turnkey Real Estate because I really, I've always been interested in real estate. As we were talking pre-show, I, I did some real estate deals many years ago. Haven't done it recently, but I just absolutely love the whole process of all the creative ways to make a very, very good living and, you know, in real estate and 
allow people to, you know, give people an options to live in a nice environment, live in a nice home, apartment, you know, whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. dealing with. So I definitely want to get into that. But before we do, I like to get into this. Uh, I always ask about this kick in the gut moment because I've found that especially in the real estate industry, uh, right around the, you know, 2008 time frame, there was a lot of kick in the gut moments, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I like to get this kick in the gut moment because I've realized that everybody has them. And sometimes they define who we are. Sometimes they change the trajectory of our life. But those of us who have been able to go through that and then stand back up and and stand even taller uh, are the, the stories that I just love to hear. So if you would, share a kick in the gut moment with us and really make us feel that and then kind of share what you learned from that. Oh, man. Uh, there's, there's so many, um, especially being in real estate. You face all sorts of different adversities. Uh, landlord tenant problems. I've gotten, I, I just got awarded through, you know, rich dad, um, education, rich dad, poor dad. Have you heard of Robert Kiyosaki's oh, book? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and so he's, he's got an organization that coaches people on how to invest in real estate called the rich dad education forum. And, um, I actually just got nominated or uh, inducted into their hall of fame last year. And they asked me, uh, to give, you know, a two minute speech on, you know, just providing as much value as you possible to the five, 600 people that were in the room. And I remember thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And it was, it was really these kick in the gut moments. It's the only reason I was up on stage, uh, and, and what got me up on stage over the course of, you know, the past 10 years of being in real estate from initially sitting in the audience and then, uh, being up on stage in that, uh, you know, and, and receiving an award was, going through all the adversity that I faced. I mean, I've done literally everything from uh, walking into houses and having roaches fall on my head, walking out of houses with fleas all over my pants. I had to leave them in the driveway and drive home, you know, pantsless. I, I've had buildings, my crown jewel apartment building when, when I was just getting started, burned down. Insurance wasn't the right insurance. And, you know, I've had partnerships fall apart, all those different kinds of things. And so, um, I think all those things build character over time and what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And, um, and that's one of the things I think I've gotten better at problem solving and better at, um, facing those adversities by going through all that stuff. Probably the biggest kick in the gut moment for me though, was back about six years ago. I was, I was doing real estate. I had a 10, 15 houses, had some passive income coming in. But the reality is I got involved in some other businesses, and when I had a little bit of money, I started spending it on some stupid stuff. I didn't have uh, the kind of money that I that I was portraying that I had. And so I, I joined the clubs. I bought a Mercedes and uh, bought you know pairs of jeans that were three dollars $400 and all sorts of different stuff where those are nice if you have crazy money and 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 that, none of that stuff matters. I, I wasn't in that position. I was just trying to portray an image. And, um, and I found myself just completely broke. I had credit card debt of $25,000 and uh, about 70 bucks in my bank account. I had to borrow money to make the minimum payments on my credit card. And I had to, um, literally pay for gas with the coins in the cup holder of my car. And I remember sitting on my bed like six years ago, just crying because I had to go borrow money to make the minimum payment on my credit card. And I've cried like four, six times in my life probably. And, um, uh, that was a very, reflective time, I guess, of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And, um, I wasn't a good steward of capital and being in the investment realm of 
essentially investing your own money, investing other people's money into real estate, you need to be a good steward of capital. And so it was a huge um, learning curve that I went through on that and or mindset shift, I guess, uh, is, is probably more of what it was. And, um, you know, got rid of the Mercedes, uh, canceled the club membership, you know, kind of condensed my life. Uh, went back to living on like $30,000 a year and just built up my portfolio from the ground up. It was a very humbling experience for me. And, um, you know, lived in a little house. All my friends are buying these big houses, their second homes, all this other stuff. And, um, I lived in a, a little, you know, 900 square foot house, three bed, one bath with my wife and my first kid. And it was a family home. So we were able to save a bunch of money up. And over the course of the next you know, by making those small incremental decisions that set me up for something better, it compounded over time. And this snowball effect kind of set into play where over the next three, four years, I, I've been able to, or I was able to kind of get myself fully out of debt, really set myself up to open up a large business, build a lot of credibility in the industry. And over the past, like, uh, two, three years, really expand my portfolio significantly. I'm at, uh, you know, 1500 units, uh, rental units right now. Um, I have another thousand units closing in the next 30 days. And so I'll be over 2000, I'm sorry, 500 units closing this 30 days. So I'll be over 2000 units. Um, and really started building my portfolio, my current portfolio about 42 months ago. And so it's, it's been this, if I didn't get that kick in the gut, then it, it, I wouldn't have, become such a phenomenal steward of capital and respect the power of money and respect um, how money can work for you uh, as much as I do today. And so, you know, today it's funny. I have I have a significant net worth and all this rental property and all this cash flow. And, and now I go buy $20 pairs of jeans. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to you for, sitting in my office with, uh, with a you know a six year old uh, pullover zip up shirt on and mm-hmm. and uh, a hat with stains all over it, so it's it's uh it's funny when you don't care what other people think about you, mm. um, how the world opens up and how the universe responds and uh, other people actually like you more when you don't care what they think about you because they see you as a genuine person and I think that was a big kick in the gut moment for me um, six years ago that that has really transformed everything I've gone through. Man, that is such a huge and timely message because I was literally just having this conversation with some guys this weekend. And one of them was saying that he made a comment that, you know, poor people are poor because of lack of cash flow. And most of us were all like, dude, you know, you're not there yet. <laughs> yep. Because I know multimillionaires who have plenty of cash flow. They just are putting their money in the wrong damn place. And they're, they're still they're still fiscally illiterate yep they're trying to like you said impress everybody else with all their stuff yep that they this they're over leveraged on it's just ridiculous so i'm so glad you said that it's so timely and and you just unfolded that great and there's a lot of lessons learned there guys so go back listen to that again because there are so many lessons learned right there that you can unfold and and wally what i found is a lot of people think yeah if i just made more money Mm. i'd have a better lifestyle or i'd I'd be in a better Mm -hmm. position the reality of of making money is not building wealth. There's there's a process, there's multiple facets. Like in order to build wealth, you need to one, make money. Making money is not the hard part. Mm-hmm. Number two is keeping the money, right. meaning living below your lifestyle, 
not spending every single dollar that comes in, saving that money. And number three is then getting that money to work for you. Now you can make money even when you're sleeping. You can invest in a project, invest in an apartment building, invest in an asset, invest in a business. And those dollars are an army of dollars that work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to make you more money. So for me, I just get more value in putting like as money comes in and putting money in the buckets that where my money's working for me and, and growing more money than I do in, in, you know, wearing expensive clothes or driving a fancy car or, um, I, I have a nice home, but it's not, it's not some, some McMansion by any means. Um, uh, you know, so, so especially living in, in the Midwest, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, like it, <laughs> you could live like a King here mm-hmm. off of a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, so I, I take all my money and I just, I reinvest it. And so the, the three major pieces of building wealth is one making money. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Two is keeping money. Three is getting your money to work for you. And then four is, um, you know, trying to lower your tax burden and, and, uh, lower the expenses that you have on, on the income that now you're making from all those different assets, uh, and, uh, and investments. So it's, um, yeah, like you said, when, when you're talking to your buddy that, that making more money, that's just, that's not, you got to get people to keep more money. You got to get people to understand the difference between an asset and a liability An asset, something that puts money in your pocket. A liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. And although, you know, on your, on your financials, a car is a, is an asset. It's really a liability. You're spending money on that every single month in order to own that. And, um, the reality is I'm a crappy driver anyway. So <laughs> I would, I'd bang up the tires on, uh, on any fancy vehicle I, I purchased anyways. And so I have a, a very humble Jeep that I drive and, uh, gets me A to Z and, uh, I get more value out of buying more assets, building legacy wealth and helping other people do it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many creative ways, you know, to like you're saying with the car, unless you're renting the car, like with the RV idea, we're not going to use the RV, you know, all year long, 365 days a year. So we're going to we already have a plan. We're going to rent it part of that time so that it it becomes part of an asset as well. Right. You can can turn liabilities into an asset. Mm -hmm. Um, I do that with vacation houses. I'm going down to my vacation house in Florida um, next week and be down there for the winter. And um, I rent it out the rest of the time. I'm able to go and use it at cost uh, or free, you know, during those couple of winter months. Mm-hmm. And then I rent it out and actually make money on something that would traditionally take money out of your pocket. So I love what you're doing with the RV, being able to rent that out in the off season, turn that liability into an asset that pays for itself. And um, that's when it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other part of all that, guys, is I, I have this conversation, too, is, you know, insurance. It's it's one of those necessary evils, life insurance, protecting the stuff that you have, because so many people get in so much trouble. Like you said, with the one property you had, you had insurance, but not the right insurance. Mm-hmm. These are the other reasons why the rich get richer and the poor stay poor, because they're fiscally educated. They understand these things and they share that with their children. And, they, and it goes on generations. They protect their assets for generations. And if you're not smart enough to do that, or you think, well, I don't have the extra $25 to put towards, you know, life insurance or whatever it is, you're missing the point, you know, because that is something you need to do to protect, not just as a man, I believe that's your responsibility. If you're the sole breadwinner, then if something happens to you, what's going to happen to your family? That, Mm -hmm. that income's gone. So you have to be able to protect that income. Absolutely. 
Excellent. So let's get into what you're doing and, and, and really kind of how you got started. We talked a little bit about how you got started and what you're doing specifically with your real estate, you know, with CLE turnkey real estate. But share with the guys how you got into that and, you know, what that's done for you and your life and your family. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 33 years old now. I got involved in real estate when the market was going gangbusters. I was going through college, 03 to 07. When everybody's making money in real estate, you can talk to your, you know, your hairdresser, you can talk to your waiter, you can talk to the bartender, and everybody's making money in real estate. So um, that's what motivated a 20-year-old kid back then, and I decided to get involved in real estate. So after I graduated from college in 07, uh, my brother was living in New York City. I moved out to New York. I became a commercial real estate agent. So I would represent businesses that were looking for another retail space to expand their business. Or I'd represent a landlord who had, you know, a retail space that they needed to market to a business. <clears throat> and uh, when I, the first deal I ever brokered, the first lease that I ever brokered was 400 square feet. And it was uh, in, in Greenwich Village in Manhattan. And for 400 square feet, we signed a lease for $10,000 per month mm. with a 4% annual increase on a 12-year lease term. And so if you do the math on that, you realize, I was like, this landlord is going to make almost $2 million over the next 12 years for doing something he did for doing something one point in time today. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm on the wrong side of the coin. I need to be <laughs> owning real estate instead of brokering real estate. And then I went down the path of – uh, you know, reading the rich dad, poor dad and richest man in Babylon and some of these other um, real estate books and going to the programs, going to the seminars and seeing the gurus. And it was uh, it was powerful. I knew that real estate was was what I wanted to get into. But then the market shifted. You know, everything crumbled in 08 and 09. I, uh, I decided to move down to Charleston, South Carolina and just kind of on a whim. I lived down there for about five years. And when I moved down to Charleston, I decided I wanted to get involved in real estate. This is after the market all tanked. And you can go on the MLS and go buy a property for under $50,000. And so I found the cheapest house in all of Charleston, South Carolina. It was listed for $25,000. It was a little duplex in the hood. It was a tough area. And um, me, I'm, I'm a punk 23-year-old kid at the time. Nobody's going to lend me money. And so I had to get creative on, on where could I get the money. And so I think that that was a big lesson of a lot of people are like, hey, I can't get involved in real estate because I don't have money. I don't have time. I don't have the knowledge. When you say those kinds of things, it, it, it shuts down your brain from thinking creatively. And so instead of saying I can't do something, start asking yourself a question. And this is one of the ways that I think I've become a little bit more resourceful is how can I do it? You know, how can I um, find the money? And I think resourcefulness is the ultimate resource where it, regardless of of uh, you not having the time or the money, like if you're resourceful, you'll figure out a way. And that's what I was able to do. And, I, and so I just started like, how can I get money to buy this apartment building? And so I, I thought, hey, I have access to a credit card. And I called up my credit card company. Uh, I had a $3,000 limit at the time and I asked them to increase it to a hundred thousand dollars and they said, absolutely not. You've had it open for about 15 months. Like, and you're 23 years old. You don't have a mortgage or a car payment or anything like you have zero credit. And I was like, Hey, that's better than no credit. Right. <laughs> or that's better than bad credit. And, uh, um, you know, they, they, uh, they said, Hey, well, listen, we'll give you $15,000, one five. And so I was able to, get my credit line boosted to $15,000. I made an offer on that house 
uh, for 12 grand. And we ended up getting it. I ended up buying it for $14,000 and I was able to essentially use a balance transfer check from my credit card in order to buy the house. And so I bought my first house. I did all the work on it. I fixed it all up, changed out the carpet. I'm Googling how to change out light fixtures and, and, you know, watching YouTube videos on how to change out carpet and I'm painting it. I'm doing all the landscaping and then I didn't know how to sell it. So I just, I thought, Hey, I've seen people hold open houses. Let me hold an open house. I'll put some signs up and I'll hand out some flyers. And, uh, I just went and door knocking with, on a bunch of the neighbor's doors and held an open house. And that weekend I had one of the neighbors offer me $33,000 for it. Hmm. So, uh, from start to finish, I made about $13,000 on my first deal in the worst real estate economy ever. Um, it took me about 75 days to do it. And, uh, I'm, I'm a, no nothing 23 year old kid. And so I was like, let me go do it again. And so, you know, you do it again, you do it again. And as you, uh, find more deals, uh, I got into this thing called wholesaling. So instead of actually buying properties, I, I contract a property and then I would find somebody mm. I'd call up you Wally. Like maybe let's say I found a hundred thousand dollar house. Let's say it's fixed up. It's worth a hundred thousand. Um, let's say it needs about $10,000 worth of work. If I was able to find that house and, and, contract it, negotiate the price at low enough where you said, Hey, I'd buy it. I'd love to be in it all into that house for $70,000. Cause it's going to be worth a hundred grand when I'm all done and it needs 10 grand worth of work. So Wally, the most you'd be willing to pay for that is $60,000. Make sense. Right. So I would then go and try to contract it for maybe 50,000 or $55,000. And if I was able to do that, then I'd come to you and I'd sell you the contract. So I'm not using any of my own money. I'm not using any of my own credit and I'm able to just sell a contract to buy a property, you give me five, $10,000 and then you're able to go buy the property for, um, you know, you're all in then at whatever my contracted price was plus my fee plus the renovation costs. So you're all in at $70,000. So it makes sense for you. And then the seller got what they wanted their price point out of it. So everybody wins. And it was a way that I could kind of learn a little bit more about real estate, get involved in real estate without having to have access to a bunch of money. And then what naturally happened was I met people who said, Hey, Tim, you obviously know what a good deal is. I don't have the bandwidth to take on any more projects. Um, but I have money. Why don't I put up the money? You do all the work and we'll split the, the profit 50, 50 or, um, there was, there was a uh, one group I split, I gave them 70% of every single deal. And so I did that for about 250 deals. I gave up 50 to 70% of all the profits in my first 250 deals that I did because I realized that I needed to build a resume. I realized that I needed to uh, be able to then you know, eventually posture up with a bank. If I had all these deals under my belt, I can go to a bank, posture up and say, hey, here's my experience. Here's my portfolio. Um, I could posture up with, uh, with sellers. I can, you know, be more easily, uh, I can more easily recruit private capital to invest in these projects with. And so, um, it, it laid a foundation for me to be successful later on. And, you know, I, I think I alluded to that earlier in the, in the podcast was having a long-term vision, you know, like thinking, is this something that's going to matter three years from now? Could it put me in a better position three years from now versus like immediate satisfaction? I think we live in a society of, instant gratification. You know, everybody wants instant pudding and instant success and fast food. And they want, um, it's it just, it, it's one of those things where, uh, 
it's not realistic. You got to put in the work, you got to put in the effort. And if you lay the plant, the seeds today, you'll have the, um, you know, the harvest in the fall. And so, um, I think that's one of the things that probably, uh, one of those mindsets that I developed over time and has really set me up. I, I think a lot of people under, uh, I'm sorry, overestimate what they can accomplish maybe in 12 months, but they grossly underestimate what they can accomplish in three to five years. That like if you're doing the right things and planting the right seeds and going through the reps, uh, in your business and in your life, then, uh, this thing can compound in a phenomenal way in, in a, a very short period in a season of your life, three to five years and really set you up for some big things. So that's what, that's what happened with me. And, um, you know, fast forward, I bought a, a couple of rental properties, started out with a single and then a duplex and then a triplex. And then I bought an eight unit apartment building. Then I bought another eight unit and then I bought a 14 unit. Then I bought a 23 unit and then I bought a 30 unit. And then my 30 unit burned down. That's what we talked about before. <laughs> and then uh, a little bit of a backtrack there. And then I had a bad partnership that we had to liquidate hundred units. And, uh, and then I've been doing my own thing for the past, you know, three and a half years. And so in that three and a half years, I've been able to, uh, again, amass about, uh, we'll be at 2000 units. It's about $140 million worth of property, uh, $145 million worth of property. And, um, uh, yeah, kicks off a lot of cash flow. And now I teach other people how to do that too. And, um, uh, it's, it's worked out really well. It's, it's very satisfying. It's very gratifying that I'm able to pay it forward and teach other people how to make money and, and build wealth through real estate. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I, I don't think it's like wealth is like sunshine. You know, you having wealth, Wally, doesn't take any wealth away from me. There's mm. plenty of wealth to go around. We can create wealth and, um, uh, you know, do deals together. And I, I partner up with a lot of people that I work with and, and um, people that I've that I've taught. And so it's it's been fun. It's it's a really cool, satisfying way. And and now you get to a certain point and certain level and you're like, hey, if I get to that level in life or that level in business, um, I'm going to be set. And then there's just different levels of problems though, once you reach those different. And now my, my thing is how do I give back more? How do I do more for society and, uh, paint a better picture for my kids and make sure my kids realize that, you know, going in and wintering in Florida in, uh, in a resort area for three, four months a year is not normal. Like how do, how do I convey a message to them and teach them, um, you know, the good pieces of, uh, uh, of wealth management, how to be a good steward of capital and all those kinds of things and all those lessons that I've learned. So that's my, that's my next, uh, progress that I'm going through. Man, so many, man, you just really threw, threw out so many freaking good messages there, man. I greatly appreciate that. I mean, you started with the mindset of changing, you know, you change your questions, you change your life. Cause you were talking about, I, I can't do that to how can I do that? Um, if you, if you, it's never a lack of resources, it's always a lack of resourcefulness, but guys, one of the other things I really want to point out here that Tim was just talking about is don't be so greedy in trying to get that big win, get the little baby steps along the way, give somebody else some cheddar. You know what I'm saying? They're Mm -hmm. giving you, they're giving you either, they're either bringing you business or they're funding your business and you got to pay them accordingly. That way they will yep. continue doing business with you. You take the baby steps, build that portfolio, go through those problems. And then the one, last thing I want to bring up that you that you talked about, so many other things, but the last thing is somebody recently made a statement to me, Wally, I want to be a billionaire. I was like, 
brother, you, you, you haven't had five figure income problems, let alone six, <laughs> seven figure income problems. You have no idea what nine figure income problems are. You can't yeah. even fathom that. That doesn't. So, and, and you, know, you got to break down why ultimately they want the lifestyle that they see, but they don't see all the work involved and all the problems involved. And I get it, but these are just the conversations I have. So you got to be able to, you have to go through those steps and you have to go through those trials and tribulations to earn the right to make that, that have that type of income. But besides that, ultimately it's not the dollar figure that you want. It's the lifestyle that you want. Many times, most people can have that lifestyle, maybe not the yacht and all that kind of stuff. And like you said earlier, that's not what's important. What's important is the experiences and spending time with family. Don't get me wrong. I like making money and money is yeah. great. I've been dirt poor and I'm telling you, having money is definitely makes me happier than being dirt poor uh, and not being able to pay my bills and not wanting to answer the phone because I know it's the bill collector. Um, that's just stressful. Hair starts falling out and stuff, but <laughs> man, I, I, t I just dig it, man. No, I, I yeah, I appreciate that. It's, um, yeah, you know, I think success, you know, people, people see success in our society as the material things. And I think if you, you know, if you're, if you want to make money because you want the material things and that's your big why, I think you're going to be, and that's, that's what you think is going to provide fulfillment to you and purpose to you. I think you're going to be very disappointed once you get there, mm -hmm. because once you get there, I remember I was like, this is, this is it, you know, like, <laughs> okay, well, well now what? And, and it's, it's not about that. It's about, for me, it's more just like the achievement piece. I like being able to blaze a trail. I like being able to inspire other people. That's probably the most important. One of the most important things to me is being able to set an example of what an exceptional life can look like and being able to to inspire other people where they're like, dude, if this kid can do it, who's from some, you know, working class town in Cleveland, Ohio, who, you know, went through the lumps and, and went through all this. And, and now he's able to build a massive portfolio by the time he's 33 years old. You know, I, I think I could do it too. I have more resources. I have a, a, a great work ethic or, you know, like, uh, and he's able to design a life where he's, he's with his kids most, you know, Every every evening um, from four thirty five o'clock on, um, I don't even pick up my phone. You know, I time block just like we time block for you know me being on a podcast. I wouldn't take a phone call while I'm on this podcast right now, right, Wally? So yeah. I do the same thing with my family. I time block five o'clock on. My hey, do you guys want to come out to a real estate investors association meeting? No, I'm sorry, I have an appointment. What's with my wife and my kids? You know, mm -hmm. or hey, can we hop on a phone call later on on uh, Tuesday night? You know, to talk about that deal? No, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm booked. I already have a commitment. You know, it's with my wife and kids. And um, so so there's I see a lot of people who you know they go home and they're they're looking at their phone and they're not paying attention. They're not present with their family. I think that is is a big piece that that people need to dial into is realize like that's the important stuff. That's what uh, that, uh, relationships are the, it's the prize of life. You know, I think those relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with your brothers and sisters, with your friends. And, uh, uh, I remember over this course of the summer, I was, I was at a concert, uh, a music concert here in Cleveland and, uh, just so happy. I'm hanging out with some of my friends, my wife, and we're just, um, singing and dancing to music. And I'm like, like, you know, this, this ticket cost me 60 bucks and this is like 
some of the happiest moments of my life is just like the, the, uh, the things like that. And so it, it was a, a point in my life where I really realized that it's more about experiences. It's more about relationships than it is about the actual money. And, um, yeah, so, so as, as cool as it is to make a million dollars and to make a billion dollars, uh, you don't do it for the billion dollars. You do it for the, the type of person you have to become to earn a billion dollars, like, mm-hmm. or the type of person you have to become to be a millionaire. Like you have to go through some adversity. You have to go through some mindset shifts. You have to go through some paradigm, uh, shifts, uh, in your thinking that makes you a better person to attract wealth. You know, the wealth piece, the money piece is, is, uh, it comes secondary to becoming a successful minded individual. And so you have to become a better person. You have to become, um, change your mindset and and grow as an individual, both emotionally and and intellectually. And, and, uh, the, the wealth is just, you know, it's a piece that comes in afterwards, uh, by becoming that individual. So yeah, hope that helps. No, absolutely. Very, very well said. Uh, I I totally dig that brother. We're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Let's do it. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Oh man, for, do you want specific? So, okay. Number one would be time blocking time for your family and your friends. Um, I, I went through a, uh, you know, kind of just talked about, uh, about it, but my daughter before about a year and a half ago, I was sitting in my office at my house and it was after dinner at six 30 and, uh, my daughter, my three-year-old, just two at the time, two and a half at the time comes up to me and she's tugging on my shirt, say, daddy, daddy, come play with me. Um, in the playroom, I was like, all right, hang on one second, baby. I was texting on my phone and she's, you know, how, how two-year-olds and toddlers are and they're, they just keep on tugging and tugging and tugging until they get what they want. Right. And so I was like, hang on, baby, let me, let me, um, let me finish up this, this message and I'll be over there in a second. Just go, go ahead and, and start playing. And I'll be right over. And you know, like five minutes goes by and I'm still s- sending messages. And I, and I look up from the message I sent and I'm like, this is a completely unimportant message. Not only did it not have to be sent now, it probably never even would have had to be sent. It somebody on my team would have taken care of this tomorrow or the next day or whatever. And it's not urgent. It's not important. Like, and I just told my daughter to go start playing on her own. And now think about like how that imprints on your kids and eventually she comes to daddy for love and, and, uh, safety and support and, uh, satisfaction. And now when she comes to daddy, whether, whether she knows it or not, I I just imprinted on her that she's going to get disappointment. And so you let that go enough. You let that compound in the wrong direction over the next three to five years and all of a sudden, your kid's going to start looking for uh, sources of of love and support and satisfaction from other places. That could be drugs. Mm-hmm. That could be sex. What kind of guy d- I- I- am I imprinting on my daughter if I ignore her? She's going to go and start dating guys that ignore her because she thinks that that's what love is because the guy who loves her the most in the entire world, her daddy, ignores her. And so, I, man, it, it was that was a punch in the gut moment too. Uh, about a year and a half ago in my personal life of like, I need to turn off the phone. I put it on the, I, put, I take it upstairs, put it on the charger. I don't even look at it. So I can't hear it buzz. I can't hear it ble- uh, beep or see it blink. And I am completely present with my family then. Um, 
on in those evenings. And then, uh, I don't work on Fridays. I, I do Friday family fun day with my kids and my, my wife. And we usually go to the zoo or go to the park or go to the library or just go out to lunch or just do whatever and, um, and hang out and the kids get to pick whatever we want to do. And then, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's one of those things where you think like, Oh man, I, I couldn't not pick up the phone in the evening because I got to, I'm not in a position to, in my business to do that. Or, uh, you know, I, I got to close that deal or blah, blah, blah. And what I've realized is I've actually been more productive when I'm in the office then because I don't let the, the things take up my time, um, that I used to, I don't, I, I'm very focused. I'm very efficient. I'm very effective when I am in, in the office and I get more done and people realize that I don't take phone calls on the weekends or, or in the evenings and they actually respect it because they know I'm not in this business to make a quick buck, that I can't be bought, and that relationships are more important than making making money. And so um, I think I've actually gotten more business and built a better team and started asking myself better questions of how can I still accomplish the same amount of work in 25 hours a week as I used to spend 60 hours a week. And so it makes you put people and processes and systems in place to run a more effective and efficient business. Um, that whole process has been has been mind-boggling for me. So uh, that's one key takeaway. I know that went long, but uh, I think it's an important share, story to share. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you, if you guys want, from a real estate perspective, you guys want to learn about investing in real estate, there's two skill sets that that are big in real estate. One is finding deals and finding money. If you can find deals and find money, it doesn't matter what the real estate economy looks like, what the housing market looks like, you will be able to make money regardless of what, what the market is doing, what the economy is doing, and uh, what's going on in your backyard, whether you're in San Diego or Dallas or Cleveland or Sheboygan, Wisconsin, doesn't matter. Like You can do deals anywhere if you can find deals and find money. So those are the two most important skill sets in real estate. And then uh, you know, I, I think the, the third thing that I would share is uh, what has really helped me leverage up and grow is joining a mastermind mm-hmm. and finding a mentor uh, who's kind of been there and done that. And I plug into these mastermind events, uh, you know, on a quarterly basis. I believe in masterminds so much that I, I spend seventy five thousand dollars a year just on fees to be in masterminds. Not to mention the travel and all the other uh, ancillary costs that are associated with it, uh, because I believe in them so much. I'm I'm in five different mastermind groups, um, different different ones, entrepreneurial ones, real estate, residential real estate, commercial real estate, <clears throat> uh, just business and um, strategy type of masterminds. So um, I think those are really, really powerful because as Wally, you and I mentioned before, you know, once you get to those five-figure problem, like you get to the five-figure level, you're going to have five-figure problems. And you're going to have to go through that process of, hey, how do I then punch through the ceiling on that to get the six-figure income and then six figure problems. And then there's seven figure income and seven figure problems and an eight figure, you know? And so you, every time you get to a different level, I found in, in life and in business and in finance, um, there's another level of problems, another level, level of things that you got to work through and, um, and solve and to have other people there support groups, you know, on a quarterly basis to help out not only with business, but also with life and relationships, um, and, and, you know, give you some direction on that stuff has been hugely instrumental in, in my growth. And so, yeah, I think those are the three things. I time block time for your family and, and, uh, friends. I would, um, if you want to get involved in real estate, learn those couple of skill sets 
of finding deals and finding money. And regardless of what industry you're in, make sure you find a mentor and a, uh, uh, a mastermind group to get involved in to to have that support network. Cause it can be lonely being an entrepreneur and, and being a business owner. Um, you know, it's uh there's not a lot of people you can talk to about, you know, dollars and decimals and and not not think of it as a way of bragging, but more of a way of just quantifying things and figuring out what what the next step is in in that business. So yeah, it's uh it's powerful stuff and, and I hope those are three key takeaways that, that are helpful for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely awesome. I mean, anytime that I've done anything significant that I want to do, I know I've always had a mentor, a coach, and I've always been in a mastermind. My first mentor that I paid was a guy who taught me how to do lease options. I paid that guy $5,000 to mentor me for a year. He was there literally at my, if I picked up the phone, I was at a deal. I would call him. I'd, I'd go outside say, Hey, here's the numbers. I'm working with the owner or I'm working with the tenant buyer, whatever tenant buyers are easy, but I'm working with the owner. And he goes, all right, here's what you do. Here's the contract you pull out, blah, 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 done. And I mean, it, it, <laughs> you're, you, to me personally, you're an idiot if you try to go it alone because you're just yeah. going to waste so much time and money. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I mean the, the, the expense of being in a mastermind is an investment. You yeah, know, yeah. you're, you're going to, you're going to get that you're going to spend that much money, whether at least whether you go through a mastermind and you get you learn from somebody else's experiences, or you screw up and you kind of get punched in the gut enough times mm-hmm. where you're going to lose that kind that much money on a deal and uh, and learn that lesson that way, the hard way. And you're probably going to lose more on the deal than you ever would in the mastermind. And so it, it's more of an investment. It's a, it, there's a return on your investment there um, versus thinking of it as an expense. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, we were talking about earlier, I brought up anyways, how the wealthy stay wealthy is because they're part of these groups. They don't just go to the country club just to smoke cigars and drink, you know, and, and, you know, drink fine whiskey and play golf or whatever. Those guys are out there. There's more business deals that have been done on the golf course because they're out there talking, they're masterminding, they're helping each other out. They're saying how, you know, how my business can help your business. Or I know, I know a connection you need to call down in Ohio, you know, and, and handle this type of stuff. That's the type they're willing to invest in themselves is the bottom line yep big time yeah so you already mentioned quite a few uh habits and rituals that you do but what are some other rituals that make the biggest impact in your life oh man um definitely showing an attitude of gratitude wake up in the morning and just you know sit there and think about the things i'm thankful for um time blocking is a big deal Uh, i work out in the morning. So that way I don't have to think about it the rest of the day, because if you, if you try to fit it in later on in the day, man, that, that just doesn't happen. So yeah, I mean, I mean, waking up in the morning, trying to get up early. Um, and, and, and I'm by no means saying like, this is, this is idealistic. It's, it's not, I don't, I don't do it every single day, but I wish I, I wish I could get, I'm working on getting into a better routine about this is waking up early a couple hours before the kids wake up getting my workout in and getting some personal development time in just reading a book, listening to a podcast, listening to a book on audio, um, and, uh, and doing that in the morning where it's just me time so I can work on me. And then, uh, and then once the kids get up, I help them, you know, uh, get up, you know, my daughter goes to preschool and, uh, uh, just help out a lot around the house. Then I come into the office I slam out work for about six to seven hours a day and then I, I get home and I hang out and play with the kids and do bedtime ritual and then hang out with the wife afterwards. And so that's uh, 
I got kind of a routine that I stick to during the week. And then, and then a lot of times we travel and stuff on the weekends or if I'm going to a mastermind or something along those lines. But yeah, I mean, I think waking up early is one of those things that a lot of people don't talk about that is, is, um, an, an unsaid factor of success, waking up early and doing personal development and physical activity to, uh, get your mind and body and spirit uh, rolling and in sync and starting out the day in that regard. I think I, I always have better days when I do those things, mm-hmm. uh, because I just feel good about the day and how it all got started. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of reading and listening, what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Yeah, I, I, probably the book that I've recommended the most is a book called 12 pillars by Jim Rohn, R O H N. And he's, he's like one of the foremost thought leaders in personal development, speakers he's he's passed away now but like he's the guy who inspired people like tony robbins you know um on the personal development circuit and uh he's got this book called 12 pillars it's an easy read you'll knock it out literally in a day maybe you know a few hours um i'll pick it up today tomorrow and and knock it all out and and it is a small book but it's, it's packed with profound principles on success on living a good life and uh man i read that book twice twice a year minimum and then i read the notes uh, i don't know probably another two times a year so that that that's been a hugely um a huge impact in my life and so that that's a book i would definitely recommend yeah that's a great one i've got that one in hard copy and in audio excellent anything mm-hmm. by jim Rohn is just absolutely wonderful now um, i'm gonna ask a follow-on question to that because i want to back up a little bit and ask the question you said that in real estate, because I know the guys are asking, okay, that's great. Um, get deals and find money. How, where can they go for resources on that? Yeah. So, so that's the question is how do I find deals? How do I find real estate deals? If you ask yourself that question, you're going to get answers. Mm. Um, if you ask Google that question, Google will give you some answers too. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of so answers. You can, I, mean, I mean, you start thinking about the common sense stuff. What I see in real estate is people try to overcomplicate it. They think they need the, the fanciest system, the fanciest operation, and the fanciest CRM, and all this technology, and a website, and all. Like, no. Call for sale by owners. Call for rent by owners. Where do motivated sellers hang out well usually it's it's you know they say the four d's are are the biggest motivations and in, in selling anything is uh death disease divorce and disaster so um you know i'm looking at property down in panama city right now panama city florida because they got crushed with a hurricane everything got leveled and uh they're go- they went through a big disaster i bought a house uh one of the first houses i ever bought in charleston was a divorce they could not finalize their divorce until they liquidated all their assets so um they actually had a fire sale this four bedroom two and a half bath house in a prime location and uh you know it's worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars i bought it for a hundred grand now i need another forty thousand dollars worth of work but it was a home run deal um you know, a lot of times people inherit properties and, uh, you know, somebody who lives in California working in the film in- industry that uh, inherits a property in suburban, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, probably doesn't want anything to do with that house. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so they, uh, they're like, Hey, take it off my, off my hands, off my plate. And it's, it's a bigger value to me for, to not have that headache than to get top dollar on a house that would only sell for $75,000 anyways. And so it's, um, it's one of those things where if you're resourceful about it, you think about it, there's 
unlimited resources online on how to find good deals. Um, I have I have a website with a bunch of blog posts and um, other real estate podcasts that I've been on where I talk about some of that stuff. I'm I'm pretty active on social media. I give a lot of value on um, wealth building and real estate investing on social media. So find me on Facebook and you'll find a ton of stuff there. Um, and then uh, as far as finding money, like there's money everywhere, especially right now. Think about what's going on with the stock market. All you have to do is ask somebody, hey, how's the stock market treating you? And they're going to have an avalanche of complaints about it because the stock market's so volatile. You can't control uh, what's going on in the stock market. You can't control trade talks with China. You can't control if Volkswagen's cheating cheating emissions tests. You can't control if Elon Musk sm smokes a joint on uh, public television, on live television, and the stock drops by 15%. Like You can't control any of those kinds of things. And so there's a lot of people who have money in the stock market right now who don't want money in the stock market, and they're taking it out to put it into fixed assets like real estate. And they're either buying their own properties with it or they're lending money to fantastic operators and earning a nice fixed return. Like that's what we do. We pay, we pay people, um, you know, a fixed return on their investment. Uh, we project 10% return plus we give them equity in the deal. So really their internal rate of return can, can get in up to 15, 20%. Then they get all their money back and they still keep equity in the deals forever. So now they're, they're getting, cash flow. And then whenever we sell the property in the future, they're getting a big chunk of cash down the road. And so, uh, our investors love that model because we can keep on, uh, turning their money over and they can have a little piece of equity across all these different deals over the next 10 years and then have all their money back in their pocket with steady income streams of cash flow, uh, from all these different properties, plus these big pops of refi proceeds or, or sales proceeds. So, if, if you're able to model it a different way or offer a different type of investment, you can go buy a single family house, raise, you know, have somebody lend you money, pay them eight, 10, 12, 15% um, while the money's in play. And then you can go and buy it, fix it all up, resell the property and pay them their fixed return. They're happy because they're making more money than they would in the stock market. And then you're happy because you're able to, do real estate and get involved in some real estate transactions uh, without using any of your own money. And um, as long as you're a good steward of capital, you know, like the, the piece there is making sure that, uh, you know, you're borrowing money, you're doing the right thing with other people's money. And um, if you're investing, making sure you're investing with somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. Because I see a lot of people, you know, throwing money around to anybody who uh, says they're, they're a real estate investor, but they've only done a deal or two. And the reality is they haven't gone through enough uh, ad adversity. They haven't mm -hmm. taken enough lumps and, and gotten kicked in the gut enough times to um, to really be aware of all the things that can go wrong in, in real estate investing or in any business, you know? Yeah. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't invest in uh, uh, a sh somebody who fixes shoes to go and buy a bunch of gems and stuff in Africa, right? Like that's just not something you would do because that's not what they're good at. You wanna make sure you find somebody who's who knows what they're good at, who, who knows their industry like the back of their hand and invest with them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, having a simple conversation on, uh, you know, how's the market treating you and well, did you know that you can invest in real estate and it's backed by a hard asset and, you know, regardless of what happens to the economy, you still have cash flow coming in and blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of things that just by educating people that there's other options out there. It's, uh, it's pretty easy actually to raise capital. In, in especially in this market right now, the economy's doing well, everybody's making money, and the stock market's no good. So it's uh it's pretty simple to to raise money for real estate transactions right now. 
Excellent, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Excellent. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Mindset, their own mindset. Limitations only of that, that we put on ourselves. Um, yeah, I just watched the, the you ever seen the series, The Men Who Built America? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, so good. I watch it every year between Christmas and New Year's as I'm goal setting for the following year. And it takes your thinking to a whole nother level. And you realize that these guys who built industry in the late 1800s, early 1900s, over like this 50-year period who, who essentially built the greatest industries in, in the United States and in the world, um, most of them came from nothing. Most of them had, uh, you know, just an, inset, an, an insatiable appetite for um, making a difference, for success, for building business, for achievement. And uh, what you realize is that that they didn't let their thoughts limit them on what they could accomplish. Although they came from nothing, they realized that we live in the best country in the history of the world where anybody from any socioeconomic class can go straight to the top and and become influential, become a business leader, become a um, a political leader, and and there's nothing to hold you back other than your own thoughts, other than your own mindset. By telling yourself, "Hey, I can't do something," it shuts down your mind. Versus asking yourself thought-provoking questions that open up possibilities, open up opportunities, and um, open up the 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 uh, availability to make a lot of money, to build a big business, to, uh, become influential in, in your, your community and, and make a difference and have a phenomenal family. Like, like that's all stuff. We are a hundred percent responsible and in control of our own lives. Now there's a lot of things that happen to us, but we're, we are a hundred percent, uh, um, able to control how we react to those things that happen to us. And, uh, it's a hundred percent up to us and, and you are where you are in life. I'm, I'm a big believer based on the books you read, based on the relationships you built, based on the decisions you made to do something or to not do something is why you are where you are today. And it's not, it's not some guys have all the luck. No, that's a life by design. You know, I've mm-hmm. sacrificed a lot of things, um, in my life, television, I don't watch television. You know, I've sacrificed relationships with people who are not supportive of my dreams and of my aspirations. And I've said, hey, you know, you got to fall into that bucket of decreased association or disassociation versus uh, the people that I met, you know, that that have a common future, not just a common past. People that I meet in these mastermind groups, people like you, Wally, who are making a difference and and, um, uh, you know, impacting the world in a positive manner. Like that's increased association. You're you're the kind of guy that I want to I want to match up with and connect with on a more regular basis. And so, um, putting everybody in, in one of those buckets and, and making sure that you're making those decisions uh, to advance yourself in every aspect of your life, relationships, your physical fitness, your uh, your finances, um, you know, have, having a good time, having fun, your happiness, your spirituality, uh, um, your mental. Um, capacity and growth. That's all things that we make decisions on every single day, whether consciously or subconsciously that compound over time and, um, in good or or bad way, you know, you eat French fries every single day. Guess what? That's going to, that's going to compound over time. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a heart attack versus eating an apple every single day. 
And um, and then consistency is the other thing. It's not it's an apple a day keeps a doctor away, not not seven apples on Sunday. You know, like it's doing it every single day, getting in a routine, repeating that routine, and knowing that you're doing the right thing for, uh, you know doing date nights with your spouse, doing, uh, taking your kids out on dates or, or, or doing a Friday family fun day every single week. Like it's those kinds of things that compound over time that build positive relationships that build, um, positive, uh, life circumstances, uh, again, over time. And, and you can't, you know, you can't change your, your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. Like you can say tomorrow I'm going to do or today, I'm going to make a better decision and I'm going to put these things in place so that way over the next 12, 24, 36 months, I'm in, in the exact place that I envisioned where I would be um, 12, 24, 36 months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> you mentioned luck. And I, every time somebody, and it does happen once in a while, people say, yeah, but Wally, you're lucky. You, I'm, I feel like punching somebody in the mouth, but I control my emotions. <laughs> and I say, look, you have no idea because like, I don't always, I, I share some of my lifestyle just because I want other guys to understand, you know, how we live. You are living your best life. I'm living my best life yesterday. For instance, take the kids to school, the little, my little guy to school, my teenager's still asleep because he's up gaming all night. I got my wife out of bed. We went to freaking Epcot, spent the whole day at Epcot. Awesome. You know, we ate dinner in China and we went and hung around in India because I don't know if you've ever been to Epcot, but they have all the, the whole world thing. And yeah. it, we just and we rode a couple of the rides and we just came home about 10 o'clock last night. Love it. <laughs> because you just got to do stuff like that. But I've worked to get to this point and you've worked to mm-hmm. get to that point. I've gotten those kick in the gut moments. You got those kick in the gut moments and I love it, man. So what would you what what does living a life of abundance mean to you? You've already mentioned some of it, but I truly, I just want to kind of pull it in right here. Yeah. I, I, great question. I would say living a life of abundance, I think it goes back to one, realizing you have limitless options, limitless opportunities to do whatever you want to do. You can design life to be anything you want it to be. The only limitations are the ones you set on your yourself. Are the are, are the the stories, and, and we all have it. We all have these negative stories in our head at all times that that try to hold us back. And you got to overcome those. You got to you got to make it a a decision to overcome those those negative normal thoughts. Um, Jim Rohn he says, "Hey, uh, life is going in the opposite direction. You know, when the market shifts and and real estate uh, goes downward." And everybody's running from real estate. That's when you should go in the op- opposite direction and buy real estate because you're buying at a discount. You know, life, um, a tree, a, a seed that sprouts from the ground, it grows up away from the earth, is being tried to be pulled down by gravity, but it's able to push in the opposite direction because it's growing. You know, it's it's uh, uh, expanding, it's it's developing, and it's ripening versus versus falling the other way and dying and rottening. And so. Um, I think living a life of abundance is realizing that that limitless opportunities are that are out there regardless of of uh, the naysaying that a lot of times we have we have in our own heads. Um, go in the opposite direction of of uh, what the normal negativity pulls us in, and um, and just just realizing that you know life is by design. We can do whatever we want 
whenever we want, wherever we want to, if we design it to be that way. And you have a lot more control over your life than um, a lot of people think. And and uh, you can really design this thing and make a big impact over the course of the next, again, 24, 36, or even 60 months. It's a, it's a very short season of your life that you can really set yourself up for some, some massive uh, positivity and influence and uh, lifestyle that, that you want. But you got to be willing to put in the work um, to get there and think strategically. And so, yeah, living a life of abundance, um, you know, and, and, and I think I'll, I'll end with this is that I think uh, it's setting an example for other people on what a life can look like and, and being an inspiration in that regard and um, realizing that yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd go go back to that. Is is um, setting an example of what an exceptional life can be like, and being an inspiration for others, so that other other people can say, "Hey, I can do that too," and um, uh, I can have that kind of lifestyle. I can have that kind of relationship. I can have that kind of business. I can have that kind of uh, physical fitness and, and all those things. And and I think when you have the ability to do that, I I truly believe we have the responsibility to do it, and that we. Um, to set that example, if you have the ability to set that example, you have the responsibility to set that example. I think it's a huge waste of talent, a waste of resources, a re- waste of resourcefulness, and a waste of uh, opportunity if you don't live the, the, the best life you possibly can uh, at all times. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I even find it selfish sometimes, quite frankly, if you have the capacity to do so. And then the next step is to pay it forward in some way, rather it's hanging out at the Y and talking with kids all day uh, or, you know, creating some sort of a mentoring or, or mastermind or coaching business around the whole mm-hmm. bit uh, and paying it forward some way and, and bringing other people along. Uh, it just, it's just huge to me. love it. Or having a podcast, you know, Hey man, you're providing a ton of value. This is, this is amazing. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's almost like I'm talking to myself here, man. I'm literally having a conversation <laughs> with myself. It's, it's just so we're so much alike. And I find that so often uh, with the guests that I bring, that I get on the show, especially guests, I got to give a shout out to interview valet because they always send me some of the most amazing people to have conversations with. And I just I appreciate them so much, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're so awesome. We're going to close this up, brother. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Yeah, I, I would just say contact. Like, if anybody ever, if you guys want to reach out to me, you know, I, I love sharing uh, information, sharing value as much as possible. Hit me up on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm very active on there. I'm trying to post and, and uh, do a lot of inspirational stuff and, you know, real stuff, not just like, Fugazi, Fugazi, fluff, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of inspirational quotes. I don't do that. I, it's like actual tangible deals I'm walking you through and, and that kind of stuff. So if anybody ever wants to invest in real estate or get started in that, hit me up. I do some coaching and stuff. Um, happy to have anybody out to, to any of my events. That's Commercial Empire um, on how to, how to invest in apartment buildings. Um, but I give a lot of free content on social media, on my website, clevelandcleturnkey.com slash blog. I have a lot of free content on there and um, uh, blogs, posts, and, and uh, videos and all sorts of stuff. If, if you're looking to get involved in more of a real estate investment realm or wealth building realm. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm big on lifestyle too. So I, t- I talk a lot about those kinds of things. And, uh, yeah, if there's ever anything that I can do for anyone, hit me up. Send me a Facebook message and um, friend me up on, on there and, and uh, would be happy to connect with anyone who, you know, 
if, if there's anything that I said resonates and you want to dig a little bit deeper, I'm happy to help you out with that too. Excellent, man. So we will have all of that linked up in the show notes, guys. So don't worry about writing all that down. And uh, man, it's been a pleasure. I knew it would be. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Go out, live your life of abundance, Tim, and just keep paying it forward, man. You're awesome. Wally, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for all you do. Absolutely. Thanks, man. All right, guys, we talked about quite a few action steps throughout this conversation. One I want to ensure that you do is go back and check out an oldie but a goodie, and that is 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn, as Tim suggested. Also, ensure that you check out Tim's website and connect with him because if the real estate industry interests you at all, I've had conversations with so many people in the real estate industry, I myself have had some great experience with real estate and lease options. And I've talked a little bit about my mentor, who calls himself the mentor, who taught me everything I know about lease options. And I got a huge return on my investment in paying for that mentorship. So it's no surprise that I highly suggest that you pay for a coach or a mentor if you are trying to transition into a different environment, a different job, a different business, or transition from the military to civilian, whatever the case may be. If you're moving into uncharted territory for yourself, then connect with somebody and a group of people who are in that industry and doing well and are willing to show you the ropes. Then ensure you compensate them accordingly. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.